Well, and welcome on in. It's another edition of the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. We'll chat with Coach Gary Anderson here in just a moment as we get ready for the regular season finale of the 2019 campaign. A lot to break down on the show. We'll look back on last week's game against uh, Boise State, and then we'll also look ahead to not just New Mexico, but we'll also uh, look ahead as well to recruiting to potential bowl games. We got a lot on the. Uh, we got a lot to break down tonight. And by the way, big thanks to uh, the group here at Sl- at, uh, at Wingers. We've been here all season long, and uh, Scott Slaymaker and the crew doing a tremendous job on uh, hosting us throughout the course of the season. So we certainly appreciate them for allowing us to uh, invade their space for the last uh, twelve weeks. But this has been a lot of fun, and uh, we look forward to. Uh, uh, one more show here and having a chance to coach, uh, catch up with uh, Coach Gary Anderson, get his thoughts on this last game, and then uh, look ahead. We've got a lot to break down, as we mentioned. Uh, big one against New Mexico coming up this weekend, and uh, with a win, the Utah State Aggies will get their seventh win of the season. Already bowl eligible, but as I'm sure you'll hear from uh, Coach coming up here in a moment, you know, just because you get to six wins doesn't necessarily guarantee you a bowl game. Uh, there'll be a lot of bowl. Uh, there'll be a lot of bowl eligible teams within the Mountain West Conference, and if Utah State can get that seventh win, that will uh, go a long, long way to making sure that they're playing coming up in uh, late December or maybe even early January. Uh, you look at a New Mexico team coming in, and the record-wise, New Mexico certainly not where they would like to be at this point. They're two and nine on the season in Mountain West play. They've yet to win. Uh, they come into this game 0-7 in Mount West Conference play, and it was announced earlier in the week that the uh, program and uh, head coach Bob Davey have decided to uh, part ways, and uh, Bob Davey will be coaching his last game at New Mexico as they will begin a coaching search looking for a new head coach. So it's a team that certainly is in transition and will continue to be so, and Utah State has a chance to go down there and get a W. I go, You go back to two years ago, Utah State was able to get a win in New Mexico, snapping a two-game losing skid to the Lobos. And then last year, as many of you remember, Utah State had 50 points on the board at halftime against New Mexico en route to a huge win against the Lobos. These teams have a long rivalry uh, back in uh, – pre-Mountain West Conference days, and so they are very familiar with them, very familiar with each other going into this game as well. And remember, it'll be a 2 o'clock kickoff with a 1 o'clock pregame, and you'll hear it here on the, uh, on the flagship station uh, throughout the state of Utah. Jordan Love has an opportunity as well to wrap up the regular season, and we'll talk a little bit about Jordan Love and uh, Coach's thoughts as, uh, you know, he racked up some yards, uh, got things going a little bit early in that game against Boise before things started to get away from the Aggies. Uh, throughout the second quarter and throughout the rest of the game. And we'll recap that game in which Utah State lost 56-21. to And, you know, it's interesting how individual plays can immediately impact a game. Utah State and Boise State all square at seven apiece, and it looks like Utah State has a chance. They force a punt uh, to uh, go down and take the lead in that game. Uh, there is a pick six, and uh, from that point on, Boise State really took control of that game in route to that 56-21 to victory. We'll talk more about that game individually and uh, some of the thoughts from Coach in that game as Utah State uh, suffers the loss to Boise. Again, final score in that one, 56-21, and then look ahead to this New Mexico game coming up this weekend. But joining us now, he's the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Gary Anderson. Coach, how are you? Good, man. How are you? A little slippery out there. Yeah, it is a little yeah. bit. It's not. I right. stuck for watching practice. My fault. <laughs> no worries at all. So, uh, obviously, disappointing game on uh, Saturday against Boise State. You and I have had a chance to catch up a couple times about that. But, you know, uh, I, I asked you early in the week, did you, you know, sometimes you when you decompress a couple days and then go back and look at film and some things jump out of you, some things reaffirm what you saw on Saturday. And you mentioned everything you saw on Saturday pretty much showed up on when you went back and looked at the film. 
Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough game, obviously. It's against a very good team, and uh, they've proven that week in and week out throughout the year. And, um, you know, we'll go back, we'll learn from it, and we'll grow from it and continue to work. And the most disappointing thing is, you know, it was the seniors at the end of the day. Um, it's hard for those kids to, to lose a game like that when they've worked so hard. And uh, their biggest goal, they've, 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 uh, we've all lost now. We don't have that goal out in front of us anymore. But they've bounced back well. I think they've had a good week of practice. They're excited about this opportunity. They know the importance of this game. And the one thing about this team, and you can't uh, ever take it away from them every time they've been knocked down, you know, they've, they've uh, jumped right back up and, and fought extremely well. And I think that's, again, that goes to the seniors. And a couple of those kids are here tonight and their leadership and what they've done for this program and, and in a lot of different ways. You're not a, uh, you're not a burn, burn the film kind of guy either. You want to you no. learn from stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, again, if you get an opportunity to learn from the positives, the negatives, look at your deficiencies. It helps us in recruiting. Um, you know, we continually adjust as we go through there. And I, I just help it, thinks, uh, help it thinks kids as they grow and they go through time. And uh, whether it's a football, an athletic situation, or whatever it may be, it helps them continue to, you know, look at things and try to fix them. And, uh, you know, we know we know what our deficiencies are. And a lot of those deficiencies stay in-house. And it's, uh, you know, we need to be able to keep working on them and get ready for the next game for these kids. Throughout the course of the season, when you talk about deficiencies, and obviously that stays between you and your staff, but yep. when you uh, when you look at things you want to improve on, does that sometimes throughout the course of the season alter your attacks in in, uh, in recruiting? Yes, absolutely, it has, and it's adjusted uh, just in the last you know probably a month or so, and especially when you get the early commits and some things that go through there, you look at it and you say, okay, now where do we need to go? Especially when the low number of kids that we have and. Um, so we're always honest in recruiting. We're always honest with the kids in our program. And, you know, a, a perfect example of that is Jared Reed's in our program right now, transfer from Portland, very good football player. We didn't know what he was when he came in here. Stacy Collins got him here. And, um, you know, he's uh, in the last month or so, he's what he's done in the weight room, how he's progressed, where he is. He's he's going to be a player for us. And, yeah. you know, that uh, that takes away from a number of um, – and it's long story. That's not an initial. It's not one of those six spots yeah. of a kid that's not with us right now, but he's with us. If he's here for a year, we can put him on same thing like we did with Eric. It's the same scenario, the same situation. Um, and we get another number that we can put into that defensive line number for next year. Well, that, you know, that kind of – conflicts the numbers that we had initially because that takes away from another position which is in turn a positive thing but you know you we can talk about more about that later yeah how uh how hard is it when you're talking looking at these individual kids and evaluating what they're doing in practice it, but but sometimes does it always translate to the to the field on saturday or sometimes you get surprised by wow this kid was great in practice he was great in developing but we get him out there on the field and it isn't quite living up to what we thought it would be does that happen it does it happens at times i think that's uh that's where coaching has to step in and you got to look at how you get a kid prepared for the moment for the situation in the game um how they react to it you know i'm not a believer and there's uh, if somebody tells me they're a gamer, we're going to walk the other way because we don't believe in that, not, not, not at Utah State. That's if you have not, to say not, you're a gamer, then you may not be a that's gamer. That's not how we're built. You know, if you play really good on game day, that's good, but my bet is you're a pretty good practice player too. So, um, But, yeah, it does. It, and there's, there's definitely a, a transformation that takes place from putting it on the practice tape, putting it in the offseason. And there's, you know, there's those offseason warriors too that are just fantastic in January and February, and then all of a sudden you know, it gets real out there in a the football game and they kind of go a different direction and so you know you continually look at that and, and mold those things as you go through time 
Gary Anderson, it's the uh, Coach's Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. But you've said all day long, and, and especially this team, sometimes players are more resilient than coaches are and sometimes fans are. They get over things pretty quickly. Uh, what's it been like for you and the staff over this, uh, this last week? It's been good. You know, the kids are always the ones that, uh, you know, bring you back. And it's, it's tough when you – yeah, we knew we were in a four-game elimination slate, and that's what we were doing. And we've won the first two games of the elimination, and we lost the last game of the elimination. And uh, we knew we'd played some really good teams that we've gone through this year. And, and that's going to be that way year in and year out at Utah State. You know, you don't know what you're going to get in those off-season games when you go out there and you've got a couple money games that you got to go get paid for. You don't know what those teams are going to be like this year. Well, we ran into two pretty good teams. <laughs> yeah. You look back and, um, you know, this conference on our side, we knew this conference was going to be this tough. I, I thought, you know, when I sit down to with Troy Calhoun, and, the, and I've known him for a number of years, and he came, he's been all over with us for a number of years, and we've sat down and visited. And, and when he looks at me and says, Coach, this is going to be a really good team this year, I'm like, okay, we'll see. And yeah. he's right. It's a, you know, good physical team. They play very well. And Boise State is obviously very senior laden. And, you know, none of those are excuses in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, we need to be able to understand, hey, why did we lose those games? How do we build ourselves up to be able to compete in that situation? It's, uh, you know, it can't just be, okay, we're going to outscore them. You know, if you're going to win championships, you got to play well on both sides. And when those opportunities present itself and uh, to get into those moments and or you can't just say we're going to play 11 weeks of great defense you know I think you look back at San Diego State this year and they've played I don't know if they've had a bad defensive game all no. season long and all of a sudden they drop what three conference games out of four or whatever it was to get them in the spot now and they're not playing in the championship so you've got to build and and through injuries and everything else that comes your way to get to that championship you've got to be able to uh, you know build in all, in all three phases probably for your some of your younger players your juniors your sophomores Probably a good wake-up call for them, knowing that this is the way, this is the level I have to play from a physicality standpoint. If we there's, want to compete, in these there's games. no doubt. You know, um, that's absolutely true. Yeah, you know, our our goal is, and we'll keep saying it, saying it, saying it. We need to get to. Thirty kids in our program that squat five hundred, and thirty kids in our program that bench two twenty five, twenty five times. And uh, you know, so I don't know what it is right now, but it's it's, it's not there. We got to continue to build it and grow it. And these kids that are in our program will be very prideful of that. And that's a that's a big goal. But we do we need to get within the line of scrimmages. That's where at the end of the day we've we've had some struggles with the physical teams, and um, that's not who we want to be. The kids not who the kids want to be. That's not who uh, Aggie Nation wants us to be. That's not what we want to be as a coaching staff. So yeah, we'll continue to make those adjustments. We'll recruit to it, and we'll keep grinding away but we got some great young kids you look at that young offensive line every week they've stuck their nose in the fire right yeah. i mean they're ready to fight they're going to battle they're going to give you everything they got and all the way from all of them that have gone out there and played and they'll continue to do that and i feel the same way with uh, you know the fronts on the other side of the ball we play some very uh, young linebackers some older in age but young with as far as reps and and they've battled and got where they need to be so it's fun to watch them progress it's frustrating it's hard you know, sitting in a game like we sat the last week in Boise, it's, it's hard for kids to sit there and um, deal with that. It's hard for fans to deal with that. It's hard for coaches to deal with that. None of us like it. But, you know, it is what it is. We are where we are, and we, can, we, we have to, again, look at deficiencies, functionally understand how we can help them and help the kids now get better for this game and hopefully another one, but then help us as we move through the future. Mm. Gary Anderson, head coach of the Utah State Aggies, will continue on next as we get you ready for New Mexico, believe it or not. I mean, it's funny. I, I'll say, wow, the season went by fast. As a coach, the season's – Seasons probably don't go by very quickly. Once you get to the last four games, they go very fast. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, it's uh, first four, 
kind of move along. The middle four is always such a grind because I think that's when you have to have your radar up for coaches. You have to really look at it and say, this is tough. This is a grind for these young men to deal with. And then that last four click away pretty quick. But hopefully we can get ourselves to a spot to, you know, they, they, they've had a heck of a year in conference. They deserve to get themselves to a bowl game. And, uh, you know, we need to go out and prove that on Saturday. Final game of the regular season. We'll continue to break down the Utah State-New Mexico game next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaching Show. We're live here at Wingers. By the way, big thanks to Wingers, Coach, for letting us hang out here all, all season long. I, I think I've only saw Scott here a few times, but uh, big thanks to him. And yeah, he's uh, he was he got stuck traveling today. He wanted to be here. He oh, really? He texted me. Yeah, his, his flight got uh, canceled. Won't say what airline, So, but uh, his flight got canceled, so that's why he's not here. So uh, big thanks to uh, Wingers for letting us hang out here all season long and uh, appreciate them and their generosity and being part of the program. Big thanks to everyone who's been out here Absolutely. every week as well. We've had a lot of great listeners come by and uh, want to be a part of the show. And remember, it's your last chance this uh, this season to ask Coach a question. If you got thoughts on the team or thoughts on uh, – on the game coming up against New Mexico or wherever. Remember, we'll do that coming up in our third segment, uh, the segment coming up right after this one as we take a closer look at the uh, New Mexico Lobos. Uh, earlier in the week, it was announced that Bob Davey and New Mexico have decided uh, it's probably best for each side to go their different directions. So Bob Davey will be coaching his last game against the New Mexico Lobos or uh, for the New Mexico Lobos in this one coming up on Saturday. And uh, you've had a chance to watch his team on film and, you, you mentioned you saw them against Air Force, and, you know, right now they may not have the horses, but they compete like crazy out there. They do. They got some really good players. And, uh, you know, first of all, Coach Davey's a great guy. He's done a ton for college football. He's been doing this for a long time and, you know, uh, took a break, was a commentator for a number of years. Uh, but I just – he's a good man from what I know. I know him a little bit from afar, but uh, he's done a lot for a lot of young men, and so I wish him all the best, and I can't wait to tell him that when I get to talk to him before the game and after the game. Um, but, yeah, New Mexico is a, a team that's playing extremely hard, um, a difficult offense uh, to deal with as far as just a lot of, you know, option flavor to it, a lot of running the quarterback flavor to it. Uh, it's another young quarterback that has walked up in there, came in last week, threw the ball I think eight times, was five for eight and two touchdowns, or five for nine for two touchdowns, whatever it was. Uh, freshman, carried himself with a lot of confidence. So that's a – you know, that, I like the offensive line. I think the offensive line is physical. They're big kids and physical and play the right way. And um, so, you know, they've uh, obviously had not the season they wanted. They've struggled on defense. You know, our key on defense is is we need to we need to execute our offense and take care of our business and get in the red zone and score touchdowns when we get the opportunity. You get them in third downs, much like Wyoming, they become very extravagant blitzers. They'll do and, – and very nice blitzes. They do a nice job of drawing it up. I think the D coordinator does a good job. If you get in those third and long situations, you better be prepared to get the ball out quick because good chance you can have a free hitter coming at you. You know, and that's uh, another situation, too, where you, you've seen that a lot this year. And, and, and I think a lot of people, that's who they are. And then there's some teams out there that probably look at that young offensive line and said, let's test them a little bit and see what we can get away with. Yeah, I think uh, – you know, it's it's just crazy. The cycle of football is is an amazing thing, and you go back and you look through the year. And um, I was listening to the coach for the Rams today. What's his name? Sean McVay. Yes, yeah. And he was talking about his quarterback, and um, it just caught my eye and my ear while I was sitting there listening to it. And he was saying, you know, it looks like everybody studied this in the off season. They know where I'm going, and now he's got to get to his second or golf. Is that his name? Yeah, Jericho. He's got to get to his second or third read, and you know, it's kind of like they really spent the off season studying this. And I was like, oh, that sounds a little familiar to me sometimes. So. Um, um, again, and, and he wasn't using that as excuses, nor is anybody anywhere around Utah State at all. But people do. F 
football does evolve. It's yeah. just like, you know, your defense goes from quarters coverage, which is a technical term, and then it goes to middle close defense, and now it seems like everybody's starting to play middle close and goes back to three-man fronts. And if you'd have gone 12 years ago, if you'd have seen one nose guard, I mean, they know nobody played with a nose guard yeah. you know, back in the day. Um, and then it went back to four down front. Now it's all gone back to, to the odd front. So uh, it goes back and forth, and teams catch up with each other as they go through. And um, so, But this, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting to see now how we match up week in and week out on offense. And our biggest deal is, like I said, we got to score touchdowns in the red zone and keep ourselves moving down the field, tackle well on defense, do a good job on third downs on offense, on defense, and uh, play well on special teams. If we do that, our recipe for success has been pretty good in conference. So come back and say, hey, one side may pick up the other side a little bit more, but you're fine to be able to win the football game, and that's what needs to take place. You know, going back to the Boise game a little bit, can sometimes, and this is kind of more a generic statement, I'm just using this game as an example, but, you know, you're starting to get stops on defense, you force a punt, it's 7-7, and then you have the pick six. And then it seems like the game just kind of shifted at that point. Could one or two individual plays really set a game going in a different direction? Well, I don't think I don't think it's not in that situation, that scenario. It can in a in a game that was going to say, hey, this game is you know unbelievably competitive and it's going to go down right to the wire. This team has never been a team that, oh goodness, here we go, they just scored a touchdown, yeah. we're down fourteen seven, and now the game's over with. So I I don't think in that particular game. Um, that had an effect on the outcome or how the kids played or the scenario, the situation of the, the game as it went through the quarters. Um, but, yes, you know, as we all know, a big play can swing a game uh, in, a, in the favor of uh, uh, any team at yeah. any moment when you, when you go through it. So, uh, but I don't think it did in that game. Um, back to New Mexico, you got Amari Davis, and this kind of goes back to uh, kind of the build of a lot of running backs you've seen this year. He's 5'10", 210, kind of another bowling ball. He's going to probably end up uh, close to 1,000 yards on the season he's got 832 going into this game so uh, another guy who's probably got that low center of gravity and scored seven touchdowns that uh can probably create some problems for you if you let him yeah he's good and they've and they've lost a couple but he lost another back as they went through time but he's done a very good job and he's exactly what you say i mean i'm i'm in favor of those smaller backs that are stout strong guys he's probably really you know throws the weight around well and he gives a good change of direction um good ball security hits the hole hard you know, he's complimented with the quarterback run game which we all know is very difficult to deal with and so he's he's a good football player um and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's proven to be that this year. They ran the ball very well last week against Air Force, 230-some-odd yeah. yards, I believe. Uh, it was at the end of the day, and uh, the score got away from him, obviously. But, uh, you know, it was typical Air Force. I think they went touchdown, touchdown, fumble, uh, touchdown, kneel, uh, came out in the second half, four touchdowns in a row, and then they nailed it down, and uh, the game was over. So that's, uh, you know, Air Force – or, excuse me, New Mexico had a hard time stopping them in that situation. But, uh, obviously – they uh, ran the ball well against Air Force, which is not as easy to do. And uh, and then also, you know, it's a team that runs the ball pretty well, but they, they can still sling it around a little bit. They've got some receivers who can go up and, uh, and, and snag it for them. Yeah, they showed that last week. Yeah. You know, they, the key is going to be getting the pass rush on a new quarterback. We have to be able to be – if we have a, some timely issues, timely, excuse me, situations that we can bring some pressures and do some different things to keep a, hopefully a freshman uncomfortable. Last week he seemed to be – fairly comfortable when he came in there and, and got his team down there for a couple touchdowns. So, um, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see him play. You know, you uh, you brought up a statement earlier in the week, and I, actually I think you brought it up in the post game that six wins get you bowl eligible, mm -hmm. uh, but this conference wasn't able to place all of its bowl eligible teams last year, uh, and there's a bunch of them this year that are, that are uh, bowl eligible. Um, 
getting that seventh win sure gives you a little bit of cushion there when it comes to that. It absolutely does. And it's something we've talked to the team about. And, yes, bowl eligibility, but uh, no one, to my knowledge, has knocked on our door and said, hey, come to this bowl. And and we need to win to this. We need to win this yeah. football game to get into that position to say, hey, you know, we, I understand six gets you to that spot, and it's, it's that's an awesome situation and a scenario, and bowls are a big deal. But, you know, we, we need to go into a, a bowl game you know, with that seventh victory. And that's why I've said all week long, to me, this is a big, big football game. For our seniors, yes. And that is a number one priority in my mind, to let those kids get a good feeling as they continue through the year and get a seventh win. But for all of us involved and for recruiting and for, you know, the whole situation of bouncing back after tough losses and, you know, we've again, we've played – uh, tough football. It's been a heck of a year as we've gone through times, and it's been a stumbling block at some times. We've got to fight through that, but I want to see him fight back in everybody. I'm talking every person. I don't want any negativity. I don't want anybody saying this, that, or the other thing, and, and understand that, you know, that I get expectations, or whatever expectations are. I don't even know. My expectation is to win every game, so when we lose a game, I'm sad, but I don't think there's like this, oh, you got to win this many games yeah. uh, every single year to be a successful senior class, but I think if they get a seventh one and have a chance to compete for an, eight, an eighth win, should be pretty good feeling for them as they've gone through time. Not the ultimate feeling, uh, but you know, last year's last year's champions not going to a bowl game in this league. So yeah. <laughs> consistency is hard to find, and you know, we got to keep on battling through that process. I will say this: you've been in this game long enough to know that eight wins is nothing to sneeze at. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. There, there's no doubt if you can get that, and you know, so that's same thing. Six and seven is good. Seven, seven and eight is great and uh you know 10 excuse me six and seven is good eight and nine is great you get double digits and uh you're an elite football team forever at your school i don't care what yeah. school you go to if you get 10 11 12 wins you're an elite team um that's the facts it's the gary anderson coaches show we're live here at wingers you still have about 32 minutes to come down here and say hi to coach and uh grab yourself one of the specials here at wingers and uh get ready for some football uh coming up this weekend as utah state takes on new mexico and and uh, wrapping up the season, and I know you talk about the seniors and how important it is for them, um, but, you know, obviously important for this team as well to, to go off with that winning record on the regular season. Yep. That's an important uh, that's an important milestone for this team to hit. And then also, you know, send guys that are wrapping up their careers saying, hey, look, you know, you wrap it up with a winning season. That's always something important to walk away from. It is. It is. You know, they, they, we had all the kids come up to the house last night and eat, and that's what we were talking about. And, uh, you know, Stacy and I were able to finally take them to our house. It's finally done. We're so all done? The kid, they, yeah, the kids can actually come up to the house and hang out and have a little food. And a lot of them were talking about, you know, just that volunteering that fact right yeah. there of getting a seventh win is uh, is very important for them, and it's uh, very important for the program. And it's good, you know, obviously we've talked about that all week long, but it's nice to hear them say that. Um, I know this is a weird week. How difficult is it with the whole Thanksgiving thing going on in the middle of the game week? Is that tough to prepare for? You know, we've done it the same for so long. And uh, the ways that the, we did it here before, it seems to be very much the same structure as the kids were doing the last few years uh, with Matt. So uh, they're in a normal situation and when they've, when they've played these games. So we practice today a little bit earlier because they're out of school. We'll get up tomorrow morning and they'll come in at 8 o'clock. We'll get them out by 11 o'clock. Um, and then uh, they'll be back now. We're looks like we're going to have to fly out of Salt Lake City for this game. So we'll be uh, getting here a little bit earlier on Friday than we had planned before. But uh, they'll be back in at nine o'clock. We'll practice and drive down to Salt Lake, get on the plane, and uh, go from there. Just the thing that can't happen is no one can make a mistake going to have a piece of turkey in Salt Lake City and not make it up the hill. That's that's got to be the big thing for the kids because we need them here. We need them to get here. We can get them back down the hill and get them on the plane. I love it. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about uh, recruiting. We'll talk about uh, 
bowl game preparation. Uh, a lot to talk about because uh, it's always kind of fun to go behind the curtain a little bit and talk about the operations on how recruiting works, how bowl game preparation works, uh, some of the benefits of making the bowl game outside of playing the game, but the practices involved, and also a chance for you to ask questions as well. If you've got questions for Coach, we'll have the wireless mic, and you can, uh, you can quiz Coach as well. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Wingers. We'd love for you to come on by here and hang out with us. And if you got a question, Ajay's got the wireless mic. We'd love to hear from you as well there. All right, so, Coach, a lot to get to. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, and, and again, I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse here too much, but uh, assuming um, or anticipating that you'll go to a bowl game, how important are those practices leading up to a bowl game because essentially you're on uh, borrowed you know you're you're on house money at that point because those are practices that not a lot of other teams get that aren't bowl eligible huge for this team uh if we you know however many we get and if we get to that it's one of the later bowls this year that whatever it's uh after the new year or new year's eve or whatever it may be we'll get a nice chunk of practice if you go to potato you're january 4th no doubt yeah so we'll we'll get uh that whole time frame from when you know, we're done, obviously, with the game this week, and then you've got some time for the kids to get through and get finals. But then you got that block of time from the 15th until whenever it may be, and we'll use every practice we can. Huge building block, an extra spring ball, if you will. Yeah. And the good thing is all of those young kids that we brought in, they're in that weight room three to four days a week going through a, really an off season, And so they've got off season. I, I look them, watch those kids run around, you know, two or three of them today. I, I tapped him on the helmet and I said man you look good and I was like coach I've gained weight I feel good I'm stronger and um, so it's been good for them and now we can see how they progress within their football skills would be awesome and um, you know so it's a huge advantage for the to people that are coming back it's it's really good for the seniors to be able to you know catch their breath get there when they need to be and and develop a nice game plan but we don't wear those kids out but we will sure take care of um, a lot of development. Uh, you mentioned uh, I think three or four weeks ago you sat down and I guess met with each and every one of those kids that mm-hmm. are kind of sitting the season out. Yeah. And so you got you got kind of where they're at mind wise and it's kinda of be nice here in the next few weeks or so to see where they're at physically too. Be great for the assistant coaches to spend time with them, meet them, uh, not meet them, but meet with yeah. them. Um and, you know, we can start something that's going to be very important for our offseason this year. We've looked at ourselves and studied ourselves, and we're something called football school and uh, just A to Z football. And we're going to do it all January, February, March until we get into uh, uh, to spring ball, and then we'll continue it in the summer. But we'll start football school, um, you know, whenever we start these practices back up for these kids and just, uh, you know, make sure that uh, we're doing all we can to help them be as prepared to, uh, you know, get on the field in the season as, they can, as we can. It's the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. If you got a question for Coach, we'd love to hear from you. Just raise your hand, and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get we'll get right to you. I want to talk a little bit about recruiting too, and and uh, I mean, in fact, I remember an interview. Uh, I talked to you when you were down at Utah. This is probably 12, 13 years ago, and I asked you about recruiting, and you mentioned uh, something that I've always I've, I've quoted you a bunch of times since, but said my head never hits the pillow at night without thinking about recruiting and uh i'm sure that's still the case but you're you're in a weird situation right now where you get kids that commit and you think they're going to be a part of your program but the recruiting doesn't end there because sometimes that follows up with decommits and sometimes that works in your favor you're able to snag a kid who decommitted and sometimes you lose a kid who decommits how what's that process like of kind of re-recruiting once the commit takes place well it's a it's a tangled web if you go through especially with the early commits and to us early commits um we always 
communicate and talk with early commits that, you know, things can go through, things can change. We had a young man this year, early commit, a uh, really good player, and then all of a sudden he had, you know, 10 or 15 um, uh, power five offers. And he decided to, you know, decommit, which that happens in those scenarios, in those situations. And, you know, we have another young man where we talked about Jared earlier. Well, that's get that get out. That's get out. It gets out, excuse me, to the kids that we recruit. They understand that, hey, this guy's playing really well. He's in my position. It's this and that and the other thing. And, and so, you know, we try to be honest. We communicate. We talk it out. Um, and then we do manipulate our numbers to be able to be truthful with the recruits. If we have a kid that potentially there's been times when a young man – commits and is like coach i've found a better fit for me we say congratulations that's great for you there's also times when we have a kid that's committed to us we say hey listen this is our spot this is where we're at we've had potentially an injury can change the needs list uh jared in this case has changed the needs list this year you go all those things can have a young man that was uh recruited defensive lineman and all of a sudden he's moved over offensive line that changes need list and so if we have a kid that's committed and all of a sudden the number flips and goes somewhere else we're gonna be honest with them we'll never pull it away but we'll say hey you know what this is this is where we're at and all of a sudden we're in a better position than we were before in this spot is this still what you want to be able to do and if he does we'll honor that uh, but if he doesn't, then we'll move on and, and you know go out and recruit another guy. So it's it's a, it's a slippery, you know. And, and coaches get stuck in the middle of the whole thing. It's the one thing about the whole process is coaches are never going to commit uh, or comment on that. Number one, you can't, and number two, you shouldn't. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is you know, if kid, however they want to decommit. I don't agree with. I've, I'm officially decommitting. I'm putting on my Twitter and I'm sending it out to the world, or I'm officially or whatever. I mean, that's it's it's interesting to me, but. Um, if that's what they want to do, then that's fine. But as coaches, we would never do that. You know, the, uh, it, it is interesting. You're dealing with, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. And yeah, and some people that, that sometimes their parents are very guiding and helpful. Yeah. And sometimes their parents are 12-year-olds. So <laughs> I'm sorry, moms and dads, if I make you mad by saying that. Usually, a lot of times the kids, honestly, sometimes the kids handle it much, much better than parents or aunts and uncles. Oh, I and bet. Whatever it comes down to because they get so enamored with the process, much more so than the kids do. But uh, for the most part, uh, the kids we recruit have very stable parents and families uh, that are helping them that's been the case this year without doubt very solid parents and families how many times do you rec- i mean when you're when you're going after a kid is it important to get mom on your side uh, it's the most important part you know the, the the whoever whoever is a difference maker um and if it's a strong mom man you better be in there tight and make sure yeah. you're there with them and and as those relationships go who it may be a coach it may be a mom it may be a dad a grandma grandpa but you want to include all them and when the NCA gave us a chance to be able to let those kids come on campus it was huge to let them come on trips with them um, it changes the world because now the kid's not just coming back with pictures on his phone he's not coming back with just what he says the parents have been able to see that and that really helps us here especially at a place like Utah State because um, not many people have been to Cache Valley but once they come to Cache Valley and they see Utah State, they have a whole different – their understanding of it would not even be close to us coming in and just putting up a film or a, play a video on a, a computer or a young man just spitting out the information of, hey, it was great. Well, what does great mean? Right? Yeah. They don't yep. know. Uh, we got a, 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 a question all the way here in the back. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, hi, Coach. First off, uh, happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Same to you. To you and to the team. What? Uh, hope you didn't eat chicken tonight or turkey. Yeah, 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 change yeah. it up. I'm going <laughs> to spill up. I'm going to stuff. Yeah, I'll be a stuffed turkey tomorrow. But um, What have the graduate transfers meant to the team this year? 
Uh, I think the graduate transfers have been big, and that's a great point there to bring up talking about the recruiting side is, uh, you know, we're in a cycle right now. We have a couple more potential grad transfers, and that has changed our needs list also. Um, And you always have to look at that and try to build for the next team, 2020, just like we tried to build for 2019 to help the seniors where we think we can uh, to help them. And you look what Ciosi's done, what Caleb's done, you know, what Nick's done and what Riley has done. All all of those young men have helped in, in a huge way. And, you know, Ciosi and, and Caleb might jump out there a little bit more because of their stats. I understand that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is they, they've all contributed and we get Nick back next year, which is, which is awesome. Um, and so, there, you know, there's some good things that, that come with those transfers. And, uh, but it's a big part of who we are this year. Uh, you know, would we be where we are today without those grad transfers and what they brought to our program? Probably not. And probably something – I appreciate the question, by the way. Uh, probably something that you're going forward – it's you're always looking at that portal, and I know uh, Keegan's on that on that computer probably right every yeah. moment of the day. It seems like he is. And you know, the, one more thing to add to that, and with these two seniors sitting here in front of me with Braden and and Cam, um, they accepted those transfers, and that's a big that's a big deal to let them kids come into their family, into their team when they're seniors, and say, hey, you can help us go. Um, and yes, we uh, study that portal as much as we can and try to develop it. The, the key thing with the portal is is the information is just a simple name. Okay, this is this is Johnny from Michigan State, and he's a, you know, an offensive tackle or whatever it may be. And then you've got to go back and do all the research and why is he leaving? What's the situation? And all that stuff that comes with it. And so it's very time consuming. Um, hopefully they can change that to where a kid can fill out the basic deal as you know why I'm leaving and whatever it may be, so you can hit it and get a little bit of a bio on the young man um, of why he's in the portal because they all have different stories. And you know we uh, you know we have a couple kids in our program last week that went into the portal and we're fully supportive of that and and want to help them get where they need to be and and uh if coaches call me i'll communicate about it but it'd be nice if they could kind of tell their story a little bit right yeah, before for they sure. push send into the portal but uh that's not the way it is today um when you look at it long term is and i know this year is gonna be a little different because you don't have a lot to offer but do you anticipate you know years from now or maybe in the next two or three years that december will be your primary recruiting uh your recruiting day that early signing day no, not primary. I would say it's going to be very even between the first and the second one. Now, there may be years when it's two-thirds early, and um, there may be other years when it uh, goes a little bit later. We'll just we'll, we'll be patient and take yeah. our time. Um, again, the big thing is, is if a kid's going to say on an early signing day that he wants to come to Utah State, it's got to be a slam dunk yeah. because there's some re- – in our minds, it's got to be that guy is a slam dunk. He's not like, well, you know, he's our third offensive lineman we're taking. He's a good player, but, you know, I don't know for sure. We won't do that. And, we may do oh, so sometimes you'd be like, no, let's wait until February. No doubt. No okay. doubt. Because there's a lot of kids that get skipped. And yeah. uh, the way we do our research and keep battling through, and then also with the transfer portal, right? So there's now there's two two early signing days. And you know us, we'll find a guy in spring recruiting also. So that's that's the third third time you can really find kids. And then the fourth time you can find kids in the transfer portal. So if you just put all your eggs in, you better be right uh, as much as you can in recruiting. And yeah. we've talked about that. One out of four, you'll get fired. Two out of three, you're a pretty good recruiter, right? I mean, that's that's what it basically that's the margin comes, of error that's right what there. It comes down to. I mean, that's that's, that's the big deal. So, um, recruiting is is a huge part of it, and you need to make sure you manage it the right way. But to just say, hey, we're going to sign all these guys in the early signing period, I, I could, you know, I could not disagree more. Regardless of where I was, um, I wouldn't care where I was. Um, I would feel that same way. But there's there's pressure 
at Power 5 schools to have that recruiting ranking. There's yeah. that pressure in those schools to sign those kids early because what are we doing, coaches? We're not resigning these guys on this early signing day when everybody else is, and I like that pressure. Put all that pressure on all those Power 5 schools and let those kids slip through that we're going to find some that are really, really good players because – um, they're taking somebody that's not as good, in our opinion, on the first signing day. Coach, appreciate it. Good luck coming up on Saturday, and we'll chat before the game. Appreciate you, brother. All right, Thank, happy man. Thanksgiving. There you go. Gary Anderson, go Aggies. head coach of the Utah State Aggies before their final game coming up on uh, Saturday against New Mexico. Coming up next, our player profiles, chance to catch up with uh, Cameron Haney as well as Brayden Harris. You'll hear from them next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. All right, welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show as we come to you live here at Wingers. Again, final show of the season. Big thanks to uh, everyone who's helped us out here at Wingers. It's been a blast being down here all season long. All right, time for our player profile. Time to catch up with a couple players from uh, this Utah State football team. Uh, Cam, uh, Cam Haney is kind enough to join us as well as uh, Braden Harris. Uh, but, Cam, let's start with you, man. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure watching you all season long, uh, doing your thing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your path and what led you here to Utah State and, and how much fun you're having playing here for this, uh, for this team. Um, well, uh, I attended the Utah State versus USC game, like, back in 2013 um, when I was a high school student, and I really liked the defense and the movements that they were doing. And at that time, I wasn't really getting recruited yeah. um, heavily. So, um, you know, I just dedicated myself, you know, just to make it in the college. And then I landed the Utah State offer, and then I came up here on the visit. And then the rest was history. Basically, I just came here. Close game, too, if I remember right. Yeah. Went right down to the wire there. Yep, it was real close. It was real close. It was a close game. Um, <clears throat> and you've had uh, – it's been it's been fun watching you get after it this year. And uh, this defense, uh, you've, you've been all over the field. But the one thing I've always impressed me is uh, you'll get up there and you make some tackles when you need to. Yeah, yeah, try to, man. I try to. I'm getting a little old, so when I try to tackle, I got to tackle safe. I can't tackle like <laughs> when I was 18 or 17. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's it's fun now. Now you're looking back on your career. Is it, is it weird that it's uh, starting to wrap up here? Um, yeah, just. I mean. No, not really. I mean, I've been here for a lot of years, so. <laughs> it feels like a long time then, huh? Yeah, yeah, it feels like a long time. I mean, I don't really get too emotional about me leaving and stuff like that. I just try to take everything day by day, just go to practice, what and was, then show up on game day. What was it like, though, on senior day, walking out there and uh, and being honored with the seniors? Uh, it was fun. I mean, I had my little sister. She was right there. She was hyped. She was thinking it was like the NFL. She was running out and stuff. Uh, seeing my family, my grandparents. Um uh, it was a it was a really emotional uh, day for me, but I mean, yeah, I really loved it. Um, what do you uh, what what do you hope to do when it's all said and done and you have to hang up the cleats? Um, well, hopefully I I don't get to hang up. <clears throat> I know that's I what I'm get saying. To hang up the whenever that back. day comes, oh, as far that, in the future as possible. Uh, um, I guess I'll just be a, getting into like football, like trying to be a football coach somewhere in college or high school or something just trying to like help other kids get to college you know a lot of guys uh your age aren't thinking about big picture things but tell me a little bit about your foundation you set up oh um, i have a non-profit it's in los angeles that's under my name um basically we just aim to help like young children and youth in the city and um i'm doing a thanksgiving drive tomorrow that i have running in los angeles so where we um 
I'm providing like healthy snacks and meals for um, young children after school because a lot of um, times in like the inner cities in Los Angeles, um, a lot of parents rely on the school system for lunch, but you know, um, sometimes parents working and kids are, you know, just left after school waiting yeah. on their parents. They might be hungry, so yeah, I'm, I'm providing um, a couple of families with snacks and um, healthy foods and things of that nature just to get them through their day for how, next week. How did that? How did that come about? Where, when did you decide to put that together, and, and what was the process like to do that? Um, the process was was really easy. I mean, my mom kind of put it on me when yeah. I was um I I'll go home and I'll visit like certain places like um my elementary schools and things of that nature and then one day my mom was like yeah like um you should you should try to like help out with the school like you should try to like um buy the school in a couple years and stuff and then like I just kind of brushed it off but then I thought about it and then um maybe three weeks later I ended up going to the school and, and was giving them books and yeah. um, providing the, uh, the kids with new utensils and trying to like help out with different um, ideas for technology um, in the future for inner city because you know um, a lot of the kids like in the school systems like the technology is like um, it's advanced now but these yeah. kids are still like reading like books from like the 1990s and stuff so um, I feel like today's kids don't learn the same as you know, when I was in school, <clears throat> when I was in school and things of that nature. So that basically made me just, you know, get out there on a limb. And then I basically got all my paperwork ready and stuff like that. And now I just have my own nonprofit. So that's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. That's really incredible. And yeah, by the way, you. there's some of us out there that don't think the 90s were that long ago, but uh, that's all right. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Braden, let's chat with you a little bit, man. Uh, talk about your path that led you here to Utah State and uh, what your experience has been like. Yeah, Cam doesn't really know anything about being old. I'm like twice, <laughs> twice as old as he is. I was, I went, I graduated high school in 2013, and that was the year Coach Anderson left. They initially recruited me, and I committed there. And then once he left for Wisconsin, Coach Wells re-offered me my scholarship and came up on a visit. My parents really liked it. I liked it, and it just seemed like a good fit. And what's it been like for you here at Utah State? What's your, what's that experience been like for you? I've loved every minute of it. It's been good. I've been able to get a great education and play football, and I don't think there's a better duo, duo you could do in your college. Well, you know, and the, the other element too, Braden, is the fact that, you know, you, you've had some great experiences here. Tell me, you know, some of the two or three things or two or three memories you'll always have playing here at Utah State. Um, I think – Obviously, last year, being on a nationally ranked team was something that I'll always remember. And then just being able to play football with some of my teammates. They're, we're close friends now, and I consider them family. And even I was able to meet my wife up here. So I think all those things combined has just made a great experience. You know, and uh, you talk, we got uh, we got Cam who's working on his nonprofit. You're looking at uh, going into medical school. In fact, I believe you've already been accepted, correct? Yeah, I've been accepted to a podiatric medical school in uh, Midwestern University in Arizona. So, what are you? Uh, what do you want to emphasize in? Uh, I want to do uh, podiatric, so yeah. lower extremities with the foot and ankle. It, is there any particular reason that you wanted to go down uh -huh. that path, or? The reason why I want to go down that path is it's I want to go into sports medicine afterwards, yeah. and I think it's a easier way to get into surgery and to still be involved in sports later down the is, line. Is that something that you've always kind of thought of growing yeah. up or just it, during your time at Utah State? Um, both. I think obviously playing football and playing sports growing up, I've always wanted to be involved in it, and if I couldn't go to the next level, I might as well yeah. be a part of it somehow. That's awesome. 
Cam, uh, let's talk about what you need to do on Saturday to get the W. What's you don't have to give me the game plan because Coach will get upset at you and he'll yell at me too. So, <laughs> so let's talk about just uh, generic. What are what are some of your keys to the game? What do you need to do on Saturday? Uh, I think we just need to go out there and just play our style of football. <clears throat> simplify what we need to like simplify the defense. You know, play faster. Um, I think what I need to do personally, I think I need to um, be more of a complete instead of just being so heavy in the pass. Um, I think I need to work on my block shedding more, getting run to the ball more. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just being, just doing my 111, basically. Yeah. Uh, Brayden, how about you? Your keys to the game. What do you think uh, this Aggie team needs to do to get out of there with the W? Um, I think what we need to do is just play a complete game on all three levels of offense, special teams, and defense, and just do our assignment and each do our part. Like Cam was saying, we'll do our 111th, and I think those will be the keys to victory. Well, gentlemen, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Good luck coming up on Saturday, and look forward to catching up with you guys again, uh, not only in your future endeavors, but hopefully we're talking about a bowl game here pretty soon too. All right, thank you. Thank there you, you go. Uh, that's awesome. Braden Harris as well as uh, Cam Haney joining us right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Remember, game coming up on two, on Saturday. <coughs> Kickoff is at 2 o'clock. Pre-game show begins at 1 right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. On the Aggie Sports Network, this has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by Ford. Go further. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Wingers. They're freaking amazing. And by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Driven by you. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.